It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Sunday, February 23rd, 2020. On this day in 1906, con artist Johann Hoch was executed for the murder of his wife, Marie Volker Hoch. But shockingly, Marie wasn't the first wife he'd killed. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the final hours of Johann Hoch, who was sentenced to death after marrying and subsequently murdering countless women. Let's go back to the morning of February 23, 1906, shortly before noon in a county jail in Chicago. Johann was restless. He'd laid awake all the night before. Even a hearty dinner hadn't been able to lull him to sleep. After all, he was scheduled to be executed today and didn't want to waste his final hours of life on slumber. Of course, he hadn't fully let go of the hope that maybe these wouldn't be his last hours after all. Since he'd been found guilty of his late wife's homicide, Johann and his lawyers had worked tirelessly to overturn his conviction. He'd persuaded an endless stream of journalists, visitors, and female fans that he was innocent. Hopefully, the judge was similarly susceptible to his charms. The only way to know for sure was to wait. The hangman was supposed to arrive sometime between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Now that noon approached, he could only hope that the window would pass and he wouldn't be summoned. The sound of footsteps approaching his cell dashed his hopes. Soon enough, the deputy sheriff and a jailer arrived to read him his death warrant. It was too late. Or perhaps too early. Johann announced, I want all that is coming to me in the way of time. If you try to take me before 1.30, I will fight. His argument seemed to work. Neither the jailer nor the deputy sheriff insisted that Johann face execution a minute before 1.30 p.m. Once again, he'd said just the right thing to get what he wanted. The minutes ticked by. Johann sat on his bench, pretending to make the most of the final hour and a half he'd bought himself. He kept his face an inscrutable mask, never let anyone else see his fear. Johann intended to die the same way he'd lived, in complete control over the people around him. But all too soon, the fateful hour arrived. At 1.30, Johann rose from his seat, 
resigned to the fact that he couldn't fight his destiny any longer. But to his surprise, now it was the guard's turn to delay the inevitable. He refused to escort Johan to the gallows. They'd been friendly during his internment. Now, the keeper couldn't bear to see him to his death. So, Johan earned another few seconds of clemency, while another guard was found to escort him on the last walk he'd ever take. Finally, at 1.32 p.m., Johan reached the scaffold and took in the sight of the noose that would end his life. He stepped up onto the platform and realized he needed to make his last few seconds count. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I must die an innocent man. Goodbye. He waited to hear if anyone would respond, argue with him, or even recognize he was quoting Jesus Christ. No one did. Instead, the last thing Johann ever heard was the trap door opening beneath him. Up next, we'll explore Johann Hoch's notorious crimes and how he seized control of his own narrative. Now, back to the story. On February 23, 1906, serial killer Johann Hoch was executed in Chicago. He'd been convicted of murdering his wife and was suspected to have killed dozens more women. But even after Johann's violent, manipulative past was revealed, he continued to charm everyone around him. Johann didn't come across like an expert manipulator. He was overweight, underpaid, and in poor health. But he probably learned the value of charisma soon after he immigrated to the United States around the mid-1890s. At the time, he went by the name John Schmidt and was likely in his early 30s. He began courting Carolina Stryker, a dowdy, middle-aged single woman. He married her soon after they met, helped himself to her money, and disappeared without a trace 11 days later. By most accounts, Carolina was one of the lucky ones. Johann habitually courted women, took their money, and then skipped town. And occasionally, he'd tie up loose ends by fatally poisoning his latest spouse with arsenic. This was a modus operandi Johann would use dozens of times over the next several years. He adopted various aliases, Jacob Huff, Martin Dotes, and his most famous name, Johann Hoch. The shifting names helped him stay one step ahead of the police. He was an expert at escaping justice and at wheedling his way into vulnerable women's lives. He regularly wedded ladies who were middle-aged and not conventionally attractive. They were generally viewed as less valuable by mainstream society, so they were particularly susceptible to his flattery. Johann Hoch was essentially an early 20th century pickup artist. His behavior finally caught up with him in 1905. In December of 1904, he married candy store owner Marie Volker. After murdering her, he quickly seduced and wedded her grieving sister, widow Amelie Fisher. 
But days later, a friend of Amelie's tipped her off that Johan was a con artist, only after she'd given him most of her life's savings. When confronted with the accusations, Johan fled. Amelie put two and two together, connected her sister's death to his theft, and notified authorities. By the time the police were involved, Johan had already moved on to his next mark. He was living in a boarding house in New York and had recently proposed marriage to its proprietress, Katerina Kimmerle. She declined and complained to the police that his intensity frightened her. Her tip helped the Chicago investigators find their man. After Johann's arrest, the police uncovered dozens of past marriages that had all ended in one of two ways, with Johann disappearing or with his wives dying of symptoms that perfectly matched arsenic poisoning. He was a bigamist and a serial killer. On May 19, 1905, he was sentenced to death by hanging. Strangely, Johann's conviction did little to hamper his skill at manipulating others. From behind bars, he frequently protested his innocence, inspiring sympathetic newspaper coverage. A group of psychics reportedly claimed that the ghosts of his dead wives had exonerated him. He charmed his guards, who apparently bent the rules to provide him fine meals and regular walks outside the prison grounds. During those walks, he regularly flirted with local ladies. He received dozens of love letters and even marriage proposals in the mail. And his most recent wife, Amalie Fischer Hoch, visited him in prison every day to apologize for her role in his arrest. These attentions continued right up to the date of his execution, February 23, 1906. Johann went to the gallows, proclaiming his innocence. Although his charm couldn't save his life, Johann demonstrated just how valuable charisma can be. In the short term, it can even help you get away with murder. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To hear more stories about charisma gone wrong, check out our show, Con Artists. Every Wednesday, we look into the psychology behind a different con and that of the person who pulled it off. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free, from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. 
Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Russell Nash, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 